Welcome to Points Taken, a podcast about sports and sports betting and the people that make it interesting. In this episode, we're talking about Tennessee and its highly scrutinized attempts to launch a sports betting market that will be completely unique in the United States, mobile only. We'll be joined by two CEOs that have spent a lot of their personal and professional lives in Tennessee. First, we have Cal Spears, CEO of Roto Grinders, and then Daniel Kostelski, also a CEO at Chalkline Sports. Much has been written about Tennessee's attempts to build this unique mobile-only environment. I'll post some links so you can get up to date if you're not already. Let's start with Cal Spears. Well, let's, uh, I guess, start with the now. Um, it looks like maybe July uh, for the sports betting launch in Tennessee. It's been uh, a, a very public sort of debate outside of the uh, the state borders with the the comment period and, and the hold and, you know, the the push and, and, and all those yeah. different topics just sort of walk me through, you know, your recollection of someone there on the ground and with a lot of stake in this, what it's taken to get where we are and where it seems to be going for July. Yeah. So I, the, the first meeting that I went to the initial regulations, there was an 85% proposed payout cap. And there was also a, um, rule about parlays that, that just made no sense. If one of your parlays pushed, you lost the whole parlay. So there was a couple of things consumer facing that were that were scary from the beginning to just you know make us have a, a not very competitive market. Have fewer fewer books that are uh, you know willing to pay a fee to to enter the market than a less competitive market overall compared to active regulated books competing with local unregulated bookies and competing with offshore sites in Costa Rica, you know, the, the reality of the situation. So the, the parlay rule pretty quickly got uh, pushed aside, but the cap rule just kept lingering. And uh, it got, I think at one point it looked pretty likely that it was going to be at 92 and a half percent which was not amazing, but I know I remember tweeting at the time that New Jersey had just posted 93% and Pennsylvania had posted 92%. So maybe it's not going to be too far off of reality. It's going to be inconvenient, but you know, maybe it wouldn't cause books to act much differently than they do in other states. Uh, and that, that looked like it was going to be the, the final number. And then as the state legislation there was a bill proposed where the uh, they would take a lot of the power out of the hands of the lottery, I believe the lottery executive committee and put it into the hands of the sports advisory, sports betting advisory committee. Mm -hmm. And that, you know, that seemed like it could be a good thing, you know, just to have um, more influence from that committee. But somehow in that process, the lieutenant governor became more involved. You know, he got, the lieutenant governor somehow got got involved in pushing that number back down to 90%. And I have to assume that you know, he's, he's convinced that it means more revenue for the state, whereas I, I assume the opposite, that there's going to be fewer people paying the licensing fees and that the you know, the state itself, or our, our lines in the state are going to be less competitive with unregulated bookies and unregulated sites. So... I'm pretty, I'm pretty disappointed in, in the number that we ended up on. Uh, they are open to renegotiating that number in a year. 
So if you know if we don't get a lot of applications, or if those that do apply are constantly complaining about it, or if we're not looking as good as other states in terms of revenue per capita, then you know maybe all those things will point to us needing to to fix that piece of the regulation. Did you ever hear where the eighty five percent came from in the first place? It's it's such an odd number. Yeah, I know that it's. Um, I'm trying to think, but I, I believe it was. There's a maybe it's a France. France has a some some other country has has a cap at eighty five percent. Yeah, I I, I remember. I remember. I think. I think it was France that had that. So it's not like it's just out of, of you know never unheard of. I think there is somewhere that has has done that. But you know, in terms of the U.S., we have a, a thriving market in New Jersey that has no competition. There has no cap. I mean, mm-hmm. it doesn't doesn't make a lot of sense. There's definitely pressure there from from people. And at the end of the day, it has to be you know policymakers that think that it means more revenue. Although I could see other players, you know, other players uh, pushing for that for their own self-interest to have less competition. Right. Yeah, I see the point there. It, Tennessee to me is interesting in that there's not a lot of gambling legacy. Well, I mean, there's just not. There's a lottery, but no casinos. Yeah. Before this, you, I mean, if you go across the Mississippi, Arkansas can hook you up with a casino, but there's just not a lot around uh, around. How much did that lack of institutional knowledge hamper what Tennessee needed to get up to speed on fairly quickly? I mean, I think it was, I think it ended up being good in some ways when we got DFS legislation passed in 2006, I'm sorry, 2016, there wasn't, you know, it's a pro-business state and it was a, a pro-business narrative on, and, and pro-consumer narrative. And it, there wasn't a lot of existing uh, gambling, casino, any type of interest to push back on it. And that was a, a benefit in sports betting as well. Uh, so I think overall, it, it's a good thing. It just, it was less complex for us to do this. Um but then the, the bad side of it is that the lottery is, is doing this without much guidance. And um, I think for the most part, it, it looks it looks good. You know, I wish the tax rate was lower. Um, but I think most of it looks good, except for this one glaring issue. And I, I think that this glaring issue of the 90% cap is something that would not have come about if there was, you know, a, a broader gambling industry. That's right. I hadn't thought about it that way. What, I mean, you mentioned it before, uh, if, if that market isn't competitive and I, I guess this is a cautionary tale for other States too, is that the offshore market in your local bookie or, you know, NEMA and, you know, some, uh, bookie in Antigua are still going to thrive. I mean, you know, folks yeah. just get on the internet and there, there it is. Yeah. Or, you know, just drive, depending on where you are in the state, just crossing the border. Like mm-hmm. if I'm looking at dropping a big bet on the Super Bowl, and maybe it's worth it for me to drive 30 minutes to Kentucky from Nashville to, yeah. to get a better line. And, and I mean, I don't know, I guess maybe somebody would do it, but if eventually you could take a little hike, little drive from Tennessee over to Illinois and maybe, maybe something better for you there. Who knows? Yeah. 
that's a couple hours. So I was I was just considering that for the NFL draft and did not make the drive. So yeah. From personal experience, <laughs> two hours each way is not easy. No, I I know the route. I know the route. I I drive it probably twice a year from here to uh, to Quincy, Illinois, and we always go through the entirety of uh, of Nashville. So yeah, I've I've got that damn nice. road memorized. Um, so I mean, it it sounds you know it's obviously a work in progress. We'll see how it goes. We'll see how many um, vendors apply. Um, but it it does sound hopeful that that the board is um, there's so many layers of the bureaucracy there. I forget all the initials uh, that they they are open to maybe changing that hard cap if it turns out it's bad for business. Yeah, I definitely think that um, if, if the licenses come in less than what they expected, or if we're able to compare our per capita revenue to to others and, and see that it's weak, then. I think that's the thing that everyone will be pointing to. Assuming, well, when this gets off the ground, it seems like Tennessee uh, is such a unique place and uh, almost a lab. I think that's why so many uh, folks outside the state were interested in it in the only mobile only state. But then you've got um, you've got three of the top four, no major league baseball, but you've got two SEC teams. Uh, you've got good college basketball programs. Uh, you've got Nash Vegas, a big uh, bachelorette party destination, and you've got Atlanta not too far down the road. It it seems like Tennessee could be a real sports tourism uh, destination. Yeah, yeah, no doubt. I mean, now we have not just the, the market regulations to worry about. Now we have this pandemic recovery that's going to be you know a hundred times bigger influence on it than it. <laughs> when when we finally lift the. The, the veil, the awful filter of uh, COVID-19 off of this and states get back to, um, you know, passing legislations and sports actually play games that people can bet on. I mean, where do you see, where do you see the, the you th- how long do you think it takes the sports betting industry to start running again? Because, I mean, there are, you know, 22 million folks, who knows how many of those are betters that aren't going to have much discretionary income for a while until they get back to work. How long do you think it's going to take the sports betting industry to uh, recover and get back the momentum that it had? That's a tough question because, you know, I think there'll be plenty of pent up demand. I think that, um, you know, not having fans in the stands uh, won't won't matter. So I think it'll, it'll surge back fast with, with the unknown being, or is it, is it just fewer, fewer, is the handle per person lower because there's unemployed people or does the economy recover V-shaped? Uh, it's 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 very unknown to me. But I know that like we we don't need fans in seats to have a thriving sports betting industry. So I think it's it's primed to to bounce back strong. I think there's going to be you know states are going to obviously need revenue, so that's going to that was a big driver for this bill in Tennessee, and I think it's just going to be more pronounced now. Like this is a way for your citizens, many of whom are sitting at home, to to have fun while generating revenue for the state. So that argument should uh, should only gather steam. It's interesting when you think about it. I mean, Tennessee uh, just is going to probably miss it by a few months with with the all mobile market that they're going to have there. That you're going to have there. Um, you too could have been perhaps betting on uh, sumo wrestling, Russian ping pong, Belarusian <laughs> soccer, and, yeah. and without having to uh, slog yourself out to a sports book that's chained up right now. Exactly. Yeah. Like I was, I was thinking about going to Indiana to make bets on the NFL drafts. I didn't do it, but I certainly would have if I could have bet from my couch. That was Cal Spears. Up next, Daniel Kostelski. 
Well, uh, let's just start with a real sort of basic uh, term papery type question. It looks like, um, you know, midsummer, um, you know, COVID willing, uh, maybe you have some stuff to bet on, but just sort of talk about the, the, the extremely interesting journey, if you would, that Tennessee has had from going from a state with basically no gambling uh, history at all to DFS and now uh, a sports bet, a, a very novel sports betting uh, market is mobile only here very soon. Yeah. Yeah. I, I'm, I'm, I'm pretty, I'm pretty optimistic about, um, about them launching, you know, kind of, uh, August timeframe that, that feels, that feels about right. Um, I think it's, I think it's three months from, from application. And I think they only just recently just issued the, the, the application, uh, document. So, I mean, anybody who's, who's coming in now, it, it probably will take, you know, a uh, a week or two to to actually answer all the questions and to to tick tick all the blocks, but but it feels like you know May June July yeah that feels about right, um, and and I mean th- th- this has been you know this is this has been a long time been a long time coming so I I'm assuming that there are operators out there that are ready you know ready to go and I can't imagine that the that the application is really all that dissimilar across you know many of the states so there's going to be a lot of copy and pasting I think for for a lot of the a lot of the operators that are coming in I was talking to talking to Cal Spears earlier and he said that you guys have your own personal little over under on operators and I think He's an over and we you're do. an under. Did he tell you what the did he tell you what the line was? He did. Uh it was at four and a half and he likes over and no, 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 like I said five, no no, it's five it's five and a half. <laughs> oh, either okay, I either paraphrased it wrong and that'll be easy to check when I go back and listen, or it maybe the line yeah. maybe the line moved today and you just don't know. <laughs> yeah, yeah, okay. Maybe yeah, maybe maybe it did. I think it's I'm pretty sure it was five and a half, but but yeah, I, and I, I'm pretty sure I took I can't remember which one I took. I think it you were under. Gentle... I think you were under, and he was over. He he said something oh, about. Is that, is that what it was? I okay. think it was. He said there was a, a local uh, vendor he thinks will jump in for sure, and and then we were kind. Of, I, I thought it was under. I took under too because I you know I assumed that the it being mobile that you know you'll get the fan duels and the DraftKings and maybe another person sort of sticks their toe in it first. So I went under, but yeah, um, you know, I, I, you know what, and 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 my my. My take on it is just that it, it's not really a function of it has it doesn't have anything to do with um, you, you know with with the regulations. It really just has to do with companies that have um, existing relationships in states where they are already up and running. Mm-hmm. And and that and and the question is is do you do you want to you know if if if, the, if if you had a pot of money. Um, you know, and, and your, your pot of money, um, you know, was, was pretty decent size and, and maybe it's, you know, not as big as it is, as it, as it was, then, then how thin do you want to, do you want to spread yourself operationally? Um, do you want to focus on, on where you are and, and, and getting good traction in those States and just, you know, just, making sure that all your software works and that your all your processes are working and that your you know that your digital marketing team is is talking to your trading team and your trading team's talking to your you know you know marketing team and operations team and your you know legal and regulatory team so it, i mean there's there's just operational issues that it just feels like you know people will will probably you know just be you know just be making sure that those things work um you know, maybe rather than let me let me try to get into a new state, you know, let me not try to, you know, 
try to, you know, approach Michigan until I'm ready or Tennessee until I'm ready or Colorado. Well, I take that back though. Colorado is one of those states where it feels like everybody has already applied. It does. And so everybody, it? everybody's already in Colorado. Why? But what makes Colorado so unique in that, in that regard? Oh man, you know what? I, I think Colorado, um, I, I don't think it's real expensive. The, the tax rate is only 10%. Which, which is as a as an operator, that's you know that's pretty that's that's pretty nice. But then also, I think ugh, license fees are sixty thousand. It's pretty reasonable, as I recall. It all starts to run year. together. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, and 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 and, and so I think yeah, I think that you know, that, plus there was a lot of casinos, and I think you know a lot of the casinos were, you know, more than happy to 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 provide skins and partnerships and that kind of stuff. So, I think that's that's where. Yeah, I, I don't know if I don't know if this is number is right, but somebody was telling me it's like thirty plus uh, different brands. Uh, that, <laughs> that that's not skins available. That's brands that are that are there. That or, uh, yeah, want to and, be? And, wow. Yeah, that that are that that might yeah that might go in there. I would need to I need to fact check that one, but I mean somebody told me that and I was like, wow, that is a lot of different brands. But if you start to add up everybody who's in New Jersey, and then you add, I do know that there's some, you know, there's some, there's maybe some new entrants, some new European entrants that are that are looking to come in to the United States. Didn't want to play in the in the New Jersey launch or the Pennsylvania launch because it was expensive, whereas you know the barriers to entry in Colorado are. are and then you get the Vegas pull, like Circa, I think. I well, think Circa. I, yeah, I, I, yeah, that's right. I, I think I have seen a, a deal where um, where Circa's going in as well. Um, so, yeah, I mean, it's it's a it's a bit of a mix of of uh, I think Superbook. Okay, so yes, Circa I think yep. is going in. I think yep. Superbook. That was just is another one. So so it's almost like yeah, it's almost like you know, you know everybody on the east side are 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 kind of converging with the. With the, with the operators on the on the west side as well, and then you got the European guys. So it's just going to be. I mean, it's going to be crazy. It's going to be like the literal wild west out there. Yeah, yeah, and 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 also like everybody did. Everybody's you know they they all applied, you know, for the past eight or nine months. So maybe a little unlike Tennessee, where you know the regulations weren't really, uh, you know, complete until just recently. Um, you know, it feels like everybody's just going to be going into Colorado and then, you know, you know, let, let me, let me make sure that I get that state right or, or get my internal processes right. And, and then I'll look at, at expansion. So, so does Tennessee, does it make sense? I mean, they, FanDuel and, and, um, DraftKings go everywhere because they have the, the heft to do it, but with their DFS, uh, history and their name recognition, would you think that yeah. like someone like that would instantly just kind of roll into Tennessee? I mean, I would assume so. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I would assume. I mean, they they've been because I I, I I can't remember what what state uh, what number state Tennessee was in the in the pecking order of legalizing DFS. But, oh, I had a yeah, I mean, it was one of the I think it was one of the first ones. Oh, for sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was very very early, as I recall. Yeah. Very, or were they very early? Yeah. I, I don't. I I never really understood the. the I, I wasn't really around when that was happening, but. Um, yeah, and so I, I mean, you know, it feels like it feels like they've got a name recognition, they've got a database of of, of potential DFS players, and I think, and I want to say that the, I think the, uh, you know, that 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 uh, DraftKings and FanDuel have said that it, you know, they convert 
the DFS players to 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 sports at a you know forty or fifty percent clip. So, I mean, that's that's pretty good. Yeah, you mentioned um, you mentioned the fall, and it was it was the same situation last year where everyone wanted to get in before football. Um, not as many made it as as wanted to. Um, a couple months yeah. after, for several of them, um, Illinois not at all. Um, yeah. but, um, you know, the state of Tennessee, it, uh, no one needs to be told that football is a rather big deal there, not just Titans, but they have a football conference. You have a football conference up there called the Southeastern conference that a lot of, uh, a lot of tourists yeah. will come rolling in from States without legal sports betting and, uh, you know, to yeah. play the Vols or the Commodores and, uh, are quite likely to, uh, maybe leave some money there in the state. So it's a big deal to get football, get it up and running before football. Yeah, it feels that feels right. I mean, that, that, that I think that was, uh, and I was sitting, I think I was sitting in the, the the Tennessee lottery meeting. I think it was February, mid-February, and I remember one of them saying, you know, one of the one of the executive, you know, members saying, hey, you know, we, you know, we really need to get this thing up and running before football season. So, yeah. I think there was there was some there was some enthusiasm from the from the from the education lottery to to establish that. And, you know, Jen. Uh, yeah. Jen Roberts came in probably. What was it like December time frame? Something along. Yeah. Those lines December to, or January. To, to provide mm-hmm. some. Yeah. To provide some some help. So, yeah, that was I, it feels like uh, feels like, you know, prior to football season, that feels like it's a it's a pretty good time to, to launch. Uh, I was talking to Cal about this also. Um, Tennessee was interesting and unique in the in the the all mobile. It'll be the first one, but um, yeah. it, it was a state without a, a, a well institutional a lack of institutional knowledge with no casinos there, and you know folks had to be brought in. Jennifer Roberts uh, from UNLV, obviously very bright in what she does, but through you know hashtag gambling Twitter, uh, it became like the baby that the entire gambling village was trying to raise. It's been really interesting to watch, and, and you know you had the you had the the eighty five percent aggregate cap, and then the arguments over the hold. It became a very public thing on in, in the gambling community. I mean, how interesting has it been watching this go back and forth? It, do you think they got it right ish with the ten percent, and do you think it'll eventually uh, go back toward the norms of all the other legal states? Yeah, I, you know what? Um, I I completely stay clear of of uh, the 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 Twitter gambling because it, it's <laughs> so <the> far <laughs> from it's so far from reality. Um, and 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 I mean, if if you if uh, just uh, my experience is that like when you look at like the the, the numbers that come out of the states versus um, you know what 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 you know, the, 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 the Twitter, the gambling Twitter, you know, says is, is the case. Um, you know, it just, it's gambling Twitter is, is very sharp, very smart, um, you know, very, um, you know, very, uh, very clued into, you know, margins and, and those types of things. But the, 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 the people that are actually, you know, placing bets and the majority of the, of the, of the betters in, in New Jersey is it's, it's completely casual. It's a very casual uh, betting state. It's not a very sharp state. 45% of all the, 
of all the wagers that that come in in New Jersey, um, or, or 45% of the of the bookmakers' net revenues come in on parlays, which is not a hmm. not a real sharp bet. So I, I I I I tend to I tend to not listen, you know, too closely to what gambling Twitter has to say. But um, yeah, there there's a you know that they, they, they followed a, a relatively um, you know a, a relatively interesting process. Um, you know, to 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 get to where they are at, um, I, I don't I don't know if I don't know if it's if 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 that's going to change. Um, I mean, I I I I don't sit at the tell, so I have no idea if that's ever gonna ever gonna move um, as far as you know some of the regulations that they have. But um, it presents itself a good opportunity as an operator. You know, if if there are if there's a reason why DraftKings and FanDuel are, are, are probably going to be there. Um, there's a reason why there's going to be you know a handful of, of operators that are going to come in. You know, once they once they understand, um, you know how their you know how their operations are are are, are working in other states, um, and and that mobile only uh, element is, yeah, I think that's a that's you, you know that's that'll be the first. So we'll we'll see what we'll see what the market has to say about it. Um, kind of good and bad though, because it, it, it in my experience is 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 selling a sports book into a land based casino group, and then, and I mean the way that we built out the sports book was really leveraging on the database of the of the land based casino group. Hmm. And and that's and that doesn't exist. And in fact, there's no tracks. And I mean, so so I mean, if you look over the past you know month or so, there, there's been there's the horses they're still running the horses. Yeah. And 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 so, you know, even you know, e, e, there's no there's there's no tracks or, or anything inside of Tennessee. Um, and and that's you know, there's there's not much to anchor your business to um, inside of Tennessee. If I mean, DraftKings and FanDuel obviously have with the with the DFS, um, you know, legalization. But other than that, that's it. Yeah. So, I, th- I think, yeah, I, th- I, mean, I really have no idea what you know what what the operators are, are are going to, you know, are going to do. Other than mobile has been just, I mean, it, it it's taken no time for India. I think Indiana just recently hit. 80% of their handles on it went, mobile went quickly, it was yeah. right before COVID. And, and I mean, what was it? New Jersey, I think in March was you know, probably 89%. It was, mobile. it was really high. Yeah. It's the highest I've ever yeah, seen. Yeah. Pennsylvania and, and Pennsylvania was 80 plus. So, I mean, those States that, that have really opened up mobile, they, they, they're getting some decent handle, um, you know, and, and, and so, I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm imagining that, you know, that's, you know, there's probably going to be some decent handle happening in, in Tennessee. It might just take a little while because there's no, you know, there's no known kind of gambling brands. Yeah. You mentioned that uh, we were, well, we were talking about mobile it, during the, the COVID uh, lockdown. Um, yeah. I, it, this seems, <laughs> I'm not advocating, but this seems like a very fertile time for, for the offshore, you know, and, and a dangerous time. Uh, for the for the markets in the U.S. that haven't legalized or haven't legalized full statewide mobile, because the money that was trickling, you know, out of their states is probably really doing it now, because the, you know the offshore guys are going to be offering these odd exotic markets that the you know the mobile only the, the states can't do here. It just seems like yes. this this would be a, a like a, a red flag for states. You know, get mobile. 
uh, protect yourself because uh, I mean, I hope there's never a COVID 20, but, but if there is and we're, and everyone is locked down again, at least you could glean some revenue with sports better sitting on their couch instead of having yeah. wanting to go out to a sports book that's locked up. Yeah, I think, yeah, I, I, I tend to, I tend to agree that, that there's probably, you know, there's probably going to be a, a lot more thought and consideration around, around mobile. Um, you, you know, it, it felt like uh, if, you know, felt like, you know, maybe it was, um, uh, you know, the, there was a requirement, I think, where, where is it? Iowa, where you've got to still go in and, and sign up. Yeah, I think it grandfathers um, out on January 1st, the next January yeah. 1st. We get to, yeah, and so, and, and I just, I just don't know. I, I just don't know if that's really going to, if that's going to, um, you know, maintain its its course. Feels like, you know, there's there's enough good examples in the United States, um, you know, New Jersey and and you know, Pennsylvania, you know, Tennessee's not, there's not even going to be a bricks and mortar to go sign up to. So, um, you know, it feels like, it feels like some of those are going to go away, especially, you know, considering that, um, you know, that, that, uh, that, that, that opening up casinos is just going to be a, a, a challenge, yeah. um, you know, as a, as a whole. And, and there's safety considerations, you know, you know, you know, well, why not just, do like I do with most all other accounts that I open up is is, is on my mobile or, or desktop. So just following following online with you know general e-commerce uh, you know feels like feels like a win for for sports betting. Yeah, I mean Uber Eats will bring you booze now. <laughs> I know, I know. <laughs> if you're in need, and I'm great? just saying. All right, let's end on a let's end on a happy question. Let let's say that. Um, Let's say that the, the doctors get this uh, COVID situation fixed. Let's say that um, everyone gets healthy and no one else gets hurt. And let's say in the fall there can be sports again and even get yeah. ambitious and say there can be fans in the stands. But I, I think that everyone would compromise with just there being games if it's reasonable. You look at a fall where you could where you would have college and pro football, the NBA, the NHL would try be trying to figure out their playoffs. Uh, Major League Baseball <laughs> will be getting geared up. You'd have a Masters. You'd have a Kentucky Derby. Yeah. English soccer would be going. I don't know how the odds makers are going to find time to put up lines for this. But from a pretty full, full. But from a sports and from a sports betting perspective, this, yeah. as a result of a horrible situation, this could be the most bountiful heavenly sports period ever. Right? Yeah. I mean, everything yeah. all at one time. Yeah. They, they've, they, they're going to shoehorn as many events as they can into the back half of 2020. Uh, yeah, I, 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 that feels like that feels like it's what's going to happen. I, I think that, that that there will be. I, I mean, I, I, just just hearing, um, you know, hearing what some of the leagues are talking about, um, you know, and 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 this does give the leagues an opportunity to to you know, to experiment with some things. I know baseball was talking about a seven inning double headers and, mm -hmm. you know, the NBA was saying, Hey, you know, f you know, might be a great opportunity for, for us to, you know, to whiteboard, you know, what a season starting in, in December would look like. Um, but it just feels like there's, there's going to be a lot of, you know, a lot of opportunities to, 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 to shorten some, you know, some, some, some game times and, and to, and to abbreviate seasons, but, but, uh, but it feels like the second half of 2020 is just going to be, you know, off the, off the charts. That was Daniel Kostelski. I'm Brant James, and this is Points Taken. Thanks for listening.